Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's up, dum-dums? It's your good friend Colin here. Today's show is brought to you by Amazon.com. And why is it brought to you by Amazon.com? Because if you go to the Mazodcast website and click on the Amazon banner, we get a sweet, wet taste of them dollar bills. So if you're purchasing drugs or prostitutes or... Well, anything else you can get on Amazon, I assume all those things are available. Do it through the Mazodcast Amazon banner and let us wet our beak. M I Z. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bug's for you, Mizzou. Johnson. And he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. It don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. 82 yards. Missouri. Boy, look at Crockett run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me, two members of the College Football Bowl Selection Committee, Colin Anthony and Caleb Bungard. What's up, dum-dums? Hello, children. So, guys... The uh, Tigers were off this week, but the SEC championship happened without them, and it looks like the Georgia Bulldogs are your SEC champions for 2017. I think it's the first time the East has won since uh, 2008. Yes, and the Fighting Tebows is that right? I mm-hmm. think it was 2005 since Georgia actually won the entire mm-hmm. SEC. Yep. It was an interesting game. Uh, Georgia led throughout and really dominated Auburn in the same way that Auburn dominated Alabama just a week ago. Well, it was a game in the second half, and then at some point it just fell apart for Auburn. And Turnovers it, got them. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, they just they turned the ball over at inopportune times. Mm-hmm. Well, good news for Arkansas, because according to stupid SEC people, mm-hmm. that Gus Malzahn's definitely going to leave a preeminent program like Auburn to go to Arkansas. Yeah. Oh, John Daly tweeted it, so it is truth. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That man has a... Has a reputation for straight shooting. <laughs> yeah, honesty. Mm-hmm. He's and definitely not a philandering drunk no. who, who pissed away half his career in the side of a bottle. That's not what who he is. <laughs> yeah, so Georgia has secured their shot at the uh, college football playoff. Mm-hmm. Three spots remaining. It looks to be Clemson also doing the same thing, beating Miami last night. Oklahoma. Oklahoma won the Big 12 championship over TCU handily. Makes me very happy to see Baker Mayfield get a chance to play somebody again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Grab sure. that crotch. Hmm. And then the fourth spot is a little uh, more questionable. Uh, Alabama is trying to vie for that position, as is Ohio State, really. Yeah, Wisconsin shit the bed. Yes, they did. As many predicted, others hoped, I think. Yeah, I think everybody kind of hoped, and it was a pretty good chance that they mm-hmm. were going to hot dog water it. Hot dog water. But it was a close game. In fact, too close, I think, for Ohio State. It mm-hmm. did. Hurt their chances, if you ask me, of actually making that fourth spot in the college football playoff universe because they needed to soundly whip Wisconsin with a bad loss to Iowa earlier in the schedule. Yeah. As Iowa State. Well, and I just, I mean, if you're just talking about the eyeball test, I mean, they do not look like they could stack up with uh, Alabama. Mm-hmm. They didn't really a couple, how many years ago when they won at all. So mm-hmm. <laughs> they, but you know, who knows? But both teams look bad in that game. They, neither one of them looked very sharp. No. Mm-hmm. Well, college football blowhard Clay Travis has been. 
been talking about how Ohio State has a their athletic director on the selection committee and what a terrible thing that is, even though, of course, he cannot vote on Ohio State mm-hmm. because he has to recuse himself. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. We're recording this Sunday morning, so we don't know at this point who's going to be in the playoff. We don't know where the Tigers are going to go. The talk right now is that it's likely they'll be in the Texas Bowl, mm-hmm. uh, assuming that Auburn gets selected for one of the New Year's Six Bowls. If they get left out, and then it looks like Missouri will probably go to the Liberty Bowl. There's a lot of bowl talk to, mm-hmm. to get into. How about the other champions this weekend? Yeah, well, like we mentioned uh, Ohio State, obviously. How, about, how did Miami do? And Mike, Mark Richt. Well, there's currently feces running down his leg. Oh, yeah. he hot dog watered mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Hot yep. dog water. But I guess I, uh, being as we mentioned that Clemson's in, mm-hmm. I should be probably easy to say. that Clemson housed Miami, too. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. even close. Well, Miami has, even though Miami was having a great season, several of their wins, they were close, a little too close to be considered a playoff contender, I think. you know, None of these games were all that compelling other than the, uh, I guess, the Big Ten championship because Georgia ran away from Auburn, Oklahoma ran away with TCU, Clemson over Miami. The best game I saw all day was UCF versus uh, Memphis. Mm-hmm, that was a good That game. was a shootout. There were separate points in that game where I thought either team was going to blow the other one out by like three touchdowns. <laughs> it's yeah. like, this is crazy. Right. Friday night we had Stanford-USC, which was a tight game, mm-hmm. but they played on high school football night, so it's kind of forgettable that that was a Well, everybody knows high school football is more important than yeah. college. <laughs> and, yeah. and the Pac-12 is probably the, the one of the Power 5 conferences who is going to be uh, not involved in the college playoff this year. Yep. So it was less uh, impactful to the national picture, but it was a better game. I, th- I find it strange that the, the boys, the undefeated Boises of the world griped and pissed and moaned and there was a lot of gnashing of teeth whether they're going to get into the playoff over the, in the past years. And UCF is undefeated and mm-hmm. there's not even, nobody's like, well, we're not, they're obviously yeah. not in. Obviously. <laughs> I mean, I think we're moving away from that point where it's like, if you're not in the power five, mm-hmm. then just forget it. Yeah. Just forget it. Until the at-larges come along, you're fucked. Unless the power five just has a year where all the conferences top dogs are miserable shit and mm-hmm. th- maybe then, but... Well, Kiffin said it pretty good after their game when they won uh, Saturday their conference, and the fans chanted, "We want Bama," and they asked him about it in the presser. And yeah, he he's said, like, he said, uh, "I want Bama, but I feel sorry for my kids if they had to play Bama." Yeah, you know, he's like, he, "Yeah, slow down. Yeah, you don't, you he, don't know what you're asking for." He, he knows what's going to happen when one of those schools plays a big school like yeah. that. If you're an FAU or an FCU, essentially having an undefeated season means you get the reward of having your coach leave. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. that's what you're playing for at the end of the day. Yeah, your coach gets to go and to a power there is a school. huge sentiment on Twitter, at least from Tennessee fans, of bring Lane home. Oh God, that's amazing. The Lane Kiffin thing. He will coach in the SEC again. There's absolutely no question about that. We've talked about it. Mm-hmm. Like he's like herpes, man. You cannot get rid of that guy. Well, yeah. last night was the talk with with guests going to Arkansas that Kiffin would go to Auburn. Mm-hmm. So, oh my God, well, can you imagine him going to Auburn as the head coach? He's like herpes. If herpes had herpes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, let's talk about some of the coaching changes, uh, after all, because uh, with the regular season over now is the um, stupid time where the coaches bounce around and try to make millions of dollars and abandon the kids who they talk about loving every yeah. day. For <laughs> yeah, the for money. Yes. For lots that and lots of money. don't get paid anything. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Well, Scott Frost went to Nebraska. They, they yeah. got their man. Yeah. And that kind of debunked a, what was it, a Dennis Dodder, Pat Forty conspiracy theory that... uh they might go to Oregon. Another movement, Jimbo Fisher, went to 
A&M that Oregon's coach would go to Florida State, and then Frost would dump Nebraska for Oregon. That is all obviously not going to happen. Because him now. and Phil Knight, eighty-year-old Phil Knight, are best friends. Yeah, that was the that was the word that that, that they were best pals, and that uh, Phil Knight was just going to stuff his um, underdraws with dollar bills. Yes, and they have a lot in common. <laughs> yeah, think Phil suit. Knight picks Scott Frost or Jordan as a best friend. I don't know. Uh, I, I he gets a it. pick. I doubt it's Scott Frost. <laughs> <laughs> they both love soup and snow. But the the yeah. one that kind of shocked me. I, I mean, like there's soup. Two of the <laughs> two of these to me are shocking. One is no, hasn't happened yet. One has, and me and Caleb were discussing this for the show. Jimbo Fisher leaving Florida State for A and M. This seems at best a lateral movement. Yeah, at best, I, I don't see it as a step up. I mean, money wise, I think he's making a little more money, and he signed a seven year deal. But I don't. I, I know that Texas ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Dot edu slash podcast. A&M sets on an actual oil well, mm-hmm. so they mm-hmm. basically print money. But it's not like Florida State is poor by any means. They no. can pay anything they want to. Great facility. And they have a better tradition than Texas A&M has, and they pull kids from Florida all the time. Well, I mean, you are moving into Texas, which should be essentially like Florida and recruits. But the biggest thing for me is, is like you can go try to win the ACC or you can go try to win the SEC West. Which of those jobs is going to be an easier job? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nick Saban, obviously, he's undead, but he is not dead yet. <laughs> yeah. So he's still there. The only thing I could ever think of is maybe Jimbo's move to the SEC, his next move is to Alabama once Saban retires. or It's very possible. Whatever. Who knows if Saban ever retires or yeah, dies. He, you know. he probably can't die. He, he is should, a should vampire. Yeah, That's right. we, he uses an intricate system of Holcroxes to uh, stay alive forever. Oh, and the other one that has me baffled, hasn't happened yet, is that people seem convinced that Gus Malzahn is going to leave a blue-chip Auburn program <laughs> to go to Arkansas. You know what I mean? I just don't get it. Not everyone seems convinced that. Well, I mean, morons on Twitter seem convinced mm-hmm, of it. Yeah. Like, I understand he coached at Arkansas State. Mm-hmm. That's not even, he's not, wasn't like he was a, the assistant at Arkansas. He was <laughs> just in the state. You know what I mean? Like, he yeah. lived there for a while. I get it. But is that really? He's going to leave Auburn for Arkansas. There's two things that came from Arkansas State. Gus and Scotty Pippen. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing else ever. Never. I mean, I had a friend play baseball there. It can't be that good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Somebody you know. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, I, th- I do think we're tiptoeing around the best coaching change of all coaching changes, which we still don't know the answer to. Is Tennessee. Yep. Tennessee. It has been the biggest clusterfuck of coaching changes I've ever seen. I've never seen a coaching transition get an athletic director fired not only yeah not only coaching they they had to 
hire Phil Fulmer to become the athletic mm-hmm. director. No one was searching for Phil to be their athletic well, director. And Nobody. The great, just like with Lane Kiffin, the great thing about Fulmer and Kiffin, all these people, is if you will just dial back the clock slightly, they hated these people. <laughs> they yeah. hated them. They wanted them gone. They were the worst. Ran them out of town. And now they're like, bring back Fulmer. Bring back Lane. Fulmer's their glory days, though, too. You know, I mean, that's all they remember is 1998. And so, yeah. Yeah. where's that ring, Bradley? Mm-hmm. Get well, you one of these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, they're convinced that Peyton Manning is going to become the head coach. T. Martin is going to be his offensive mm-hmm. coordinator. John, don't forget John Gruden's role on the staff. Well, and well, that same day, don't get John Gruden. Right. John Gruden may be the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. T. Martin, the quarterback's coach. Obviously, Peyton's the head coach. And then Eric Berry, who is currently playing in the NFL, a former Tennessee safety, is going to take over the defense, mm. even though he's currently playing in the NFL. I thought that's, Jason Witten was going to have a job. Yeah, too. Jason Well, he's Whitten a tight ends coach. Yeah. Right. They're going to need a tight ends coach. Yeah. Yes. He's going to leave his role. I don't think as Jamal Lewis is doing much. He can do the running back. Sure. So, I mean, they, they've got a hell of a staff going yeah, right that's now. That's right. They want a staff that can suit up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's really what Tennessee's program is. They want. Can we just bring back all of our favorite players for the past year? I don't care how old and fat the All Star team. Yeah, can we just field the All Star team? <laughs> yeah, it's like the old timers game, Major League Baseball. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if they've called John Madden yet, but he may want a coaching job. John well, Madden's still alive. Yeah, yeah he so. sure is. I mean, I know he's still making video games, which I'm amazed at his ability. <laughs> I, his, his his tech savvy is just yeah. on the on the high level. Yeah, people. A few people know that it's not just his name on there. Yeah, yeah. he's the guy who's designing those. A former Raiders coach in his mid 80s is ability to, has the ability to make Sony PlayStation football games every year and crank out a new one every year. It's like George ever. Foreman and those grills, being able to design those and manufacture them mm-hmm. in his garage. Amazing. After yeah. a boxing career? Not, you know what not, shocks me about George Foreman is how many people come up to him with a great ideas about inventions. Mm-hmm. You know, I, if I had a great idea for an invention, I wouldn't go to George Foreman with <laughs> yeah. it. But people are always coming up to George, apparently, based yeah. on the commercials and saying, George, I've got a great idea. And then he tells them to go to some invention.com or something. I don't know that. The, I think it was all George's idea. Yeah, I think it came to him. He's like, you know, college kids, they have to grill, but they have a little space. You know, how about if I plug something in that grease comes right off? Mm-mm-mm-mm. I'll just stick my name right on it. There's a great story about that, actually, that they offered that to Hulk Hogan, the wrestler, first, and mm-hmm. he turned it down. <laughs> and now he is super pissed. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> he wants as that well, he should be. Cool cash. So we, we were ta- <laughs> talking about Tennessee. I told Caleb for the show, I said, do a count, quick count. How many coaches have we gone through or been and been rumored to be taking the job at this point i did a, a quick quick count of 10 so far <laughs> yeah, so that have have no interest or have actually turned down tennessee yeah mm. and that was about a uh, two-minute look into it and as of like half an hour ago on twitter now less miles is the name mm-hmm. so we're gonna see how quickly less miles goes no fucking way when you have duke's coach and Purdue's coach telling you they have no interest nc in- state who took a not only did nc state's coach not take the job he took a million less dollars a year not to go to Tennessee. Yeah, you've got problems when those guys are like, nah, we're cool. (laughs) We're good. Yeah, we're We're good. We're great over here. Perpetual football powerhouse NC State. This is the this is the greatest thing of all worlds because since we've joined the SEC, we have been talking about like in in the Big Twelve, the worst fan base was Texas. At least the most boisterous, like we can't we are undefeatable. Um, we're great even when we're not. I mean, Kansas is just awful, obviously, but Texas was the most, like, chesty, so to speak. And when we came to the SEC, it wasn't even an argument. We got in here, and Tennessee immediately came after us. 
and was like immediately talking about how great their program was. And it was just like, who are these people? What? And from the time we got here, we started looking into Tennessee and watching them play and watching us beat them with regularity and go, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now the whole world is getting to see what Tennessee is. Like right. we immediately identified because we were sort of objective observers from 20,000 feet coming from the Big 12, not really knowing much about the program. We're looking at it, coming in and going, what the fuck is these guys' problem? Are they, mm-hmm. do they know how delusional they are? It's probably tastier also. Because of all the shit they threw at us during the uh, football season two years ago with the safe spaces. Oh, yeah. I mean, all, all of that. it is. And now it turns around and Tennessee is doing the same thing, basically. Yeah. Well, I mean, the fact that the nation can now see what Tennessee is up to and how what a clusterfuck dumpster fire they are. The aggravating thing to me is that the SEC media seems to just now be discovering it in the same way that the rest of the nation who's not affiliated with the SEC. I mean, we were all talking about it, but not Paul Feinbaum. Paul no. Feinbaum, he was their pick to win the SEC East a year ago, two years ago. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And so only now is the SEC media saying, well, I don't know about this Tennessee well, Tennessee's is not what they once were. It's own, I guess, uh, biggest fan and worst enemy in the fact that they pumped themselves up and they pump out this hot garbage so often that the Paul Feinbaums of the world buy in. They're like the best promoter ever. They're the Don King of college football programs. They, mm-hmm. Like, none of it's true, but they say it so often and so loudly that Paul Feinbaum and Peter Burns and Booger <laughs> McFarland and the whole network are just like, you know what? Tennessee's roster is shit. Their coach is god-awful. They have no quarterback, but you know what? I think they're going to win the league. <laughs> you know, because because I just keep hearing that, you know, yeah, from Tennessee. To win the SEC. Exactly. It's like the average girl in the bar that hangs out with ugly girls. Mm-hmm. You know, she's just trying to prop herself up. Yeah, the, it's all relative. In the land of the blind, the man with one eye is king. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. In the land of chicks with warts on their face, the girl with one tit is queen. <laughs> you know, um, I mentioned Texas being, you know, a terrible, terrible fan base. Something I should throw in that I, that's been floating around is that a couple of these bulls, the Liberty, and I can't remember which other, is a, is a definitely going to be a Big 12 opponent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas is out there pushing against being put in any bowl with Missouri or Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting because they limit themselves to which bowls they can go to. Yeah. And if you're Texas at this point, you just want to go to a bowl because you've been shit. Well, my thing is, is like, okay, I get it. Kansas is butthurt because we left them behind to take shit from Texas. But Texas the one, was the one dealing out the shit. You mm-hmm. know, why are they mad at us? Like, they, if, if anybody should understand our, our want to get away from them, you know. Let's see. It's 2017. Is there a Big 12 network yet? No. 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 What's it called? It's called the uh, Texas Longhorn Network. network. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah. And I did, this is news to me that Texas would even butthurt against us. Last time I'd heard Texas even mention Missouri was when they said their worst years were as good as our best years, which I think we've proven now year in and year out. It's not true. And would make it even sweeter if we actually did get lined up. Well, that's why I was like, when I heard, when I heard Texas, I was like, I heard two teams initially very early on when they started talking about bowls was Texas and Kansas State. I'd like to play Kansas State because Kansas State is a delusional fan base on a different, in a different way than Tennessee. They think their coach is Newt Rockney. And they think that because they almost won a national championship 20 years ago, that they're, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 everything's uh, hunky dory there. So I don't mind beating them and knocking them down a peg. But Texas, I mm. thought, boy, wouldn't that be sweet? We shall find out. But uh, guys, why don't we uh, take our first break of the day? We'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about our Missouri Tigers because there's been a lot of action off the field since the season ended. And frankly, it's all been good. Yeah. So uh, we'll get to Stark into, effect. That's right. We'll get into that after the break. This is the Mazat cast. And now, football coach Mike Leach on weddings. 
Well, it's, so it's too late to rescue you. The best wisdom that I can possibly give, nine days, and it's a little late. You should have come to me sooner. My wisdom would be you have to stay out of the way. Now, and I wish you a very happy marriage, and I'm sure you'll have one. But uh, I'm just telling you, uh, when it comes to marriages, uh, the women lose their mind. Your fiance is going to lose her mind. Your mother-in-law is going to lose her mind. Your mom is going to lose her mind. Several of your sisters and uh, female relatives are going to lose their mind, and that they're going to they're going to barrage you with constant questions. What should we wear? And then, which of course, my answer was I don't care. And then, uh, what color should the invitations be? I don't care. What should we have for dessert? I don't care. Should we seat this this way or that, that that way? I don't care. But see, I don't care is not satisfactory at all. And you're going to get caught in a catch-22, and I'm certain that you already have. And that catch-22 is, well, I want you to be a part of this too. Uh, so what color invitations? All right, the blue ones. Well, I kind of like, uh, I kind of like the tan ones. Okay, the tan ones then. Oh, you're just saying that because, uh, you want this overweight. Well, you're not even thinking about it, which is of course true. And then what do you want for dessert? I was thinking of strawberry shortcake. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, strawberry shortcake would be good. Well, what about the blueberry pie? Well, I like the blueberry pie. We could have the blueberry pie. Well, I thought you said you wanted the strawberry shortcake. And it's just going to go back and forth, and they're going to play keep away from you until uh, after you're married. So what you need to do is you need to work late hours, work late, be, be very nice and supportive, and but, but they're going to play keep away from you, and, and there's no answer you can give that is going to be satisfactory or correct. And if you successfully uh, please a few of them, the others will still be, oh, well, I just don't feel like he's that interested. Yeah, okay, so, so you need to work late, go in the back room and read a lot of books. You have to go uh, take the groomsmen out so you make sure that they march in just right and they know exactly, you know, these swell outfits that you picked out or whatever, however you're doing it. Um, and in the end, you'll wish you eloped. But nevertheless, you need to find excuses uh, that they'll buy to be as far out of harm's way as you possibly can. But uh, take comfort in knowing that uh, once the ceremony's over, that, you know, life will get progressively better from there, even though there's some adjustment. What's up, dum-dums? It's your good friend Colin here, and I'm here to talk to you today about something deadly serious. I know usually I'm a prankster and a jokester, but the topic I'm about to talk to you about is more serious than just about anything I can imagine, and that is the majesty and delicious taste of Schlafly beer. Schlafly is created by the St. Louis Brewery, Missouri's largest locally owned independent brewery. Every year, they pump out over 50 unique styles of beer for you and I to enjoy. And we're so proud to have Schlafly Beer as a Mazodcast sponsor. So if you want to be a true Mazodcast fan, a true Missourian, and a true American, buy you some Schlafly Beer and get blackout, piss drunk, responsibly. Schlafly Beer. But I fell off the wagon, had my horse run. But she put me to the test, that little girl with a red dress on. And now, football coach Mike Leach on Bigfoot. 
Tom, I hope there's Bigfoot. I doubt there is. Uh, not to throw a shadow over uh, the rainy forest in Washington where there's already a lot of shadows. You know, I hope there's Bigfoot. I don't think there is. The reason I don't think there is, because we found bones of dinosaurs and everything else, but we haven't found bones that I've heard of, of Bigfoot. It'd be fun if there's Bigfoot. I hope there's Bigfoot. But uh, my guess is there is not. This is the Bobby Showers Band. The song is called Soul. This is some listener music. It comes to us at mazodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to send us your uh, live music from your cool band, please send it there, and we'd be happy to play it for you. So, uh, guys, it's time we uh, got into our some news from our good friends over at Kansas. It's time for Kansas News. I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, Sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. Our first story of the day is more Kansans head to ER for dental care as dental care needs persist. So it sounds like uh, Kansans are having trouble getting their teeth fixed, all three of them. Toothaches and other <laughs> dental problems accounted for 17,000 emergency room visits from Kansas last year, according to a national report. And there are likely more than that, given the 142 hospitals in Kansas at the time of the study, 30 did not report data. I didn't know you could go to the emergency room for dental care. Mm-hmm. Well, when there's no dentist to be found or doctors or people with any sort of medical and or education mm-hmm. of any sort. They just use barbers. That's right. Yeah. A lot of leeches. The apothecary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nearly all dental emergencies can be prevented through routine preventative care. That is not available to many Kansas families. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not shocking. It's unclear how much the visits cost Kansas hospitals. A study from Medicare found that treating about 330000 cases cost nearly $110 million, or more than $300 per visit. You know, this doesn't shock me a little inside. I know um, several episodes ago I mentioned that I had went to Kansas, stayed in a Kansas hotel. Mm-hmm. Motel. When I got up to the room that night and opened my dob kit, I realized that my travel toothpaste was almost empty, so I mm-hmm. went down to the front desk. And, you know, they usually have a little area where they sell toiletries toiletries and whatnot. I said, hey, could you get me some toothpaste? And then immediately he goes, you mean tooth soap? And I said, yeah, tooth soap. Yes. And then he brought me a can of Easy Cheese. Is that right? Yeah. And that is what they use. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that that's a little insight into maybe why this problem is so prevalent. It probably does clean some of the dust and powder from flaming <laughs> hot Cheetos off of <laughs> yeah, there. Sure. In Kansas, low-income and modest-income children and families are eligible for Medicaid, but fewer than 25% of the state's dentists actually accept Medicaid. 28 of the 105 counties do not have a dentist. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, yeah, this is a problem in Kansas, obviously. Well, I mean, part of it, it's, it's, a, it's a self-perpetuating problem. You know what I mean? Like... Who's going to go to Kansas to be a dentist? I mean, they're, they're, people are like, there's no need for it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's like a snowbo- snowmobile dealership in Florida. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's basically the exact same thing. Yeah. 
Kansas woman guilty of stealing car at gas station with sleeping toddler inside. <laughs> sure. A 30-year-old a twofer. <laughs> a 30-year-old woman pled guilty to no contest Friday on an attempt to kidnap a 3-year-old who was asleep in a car she stole at a Kansas gas station. Carrie Reich entered a plea in Wyandotte County as a part of an agreement which attorneys will recommend a sentence of four years and nine months in prison. In July, she stole a car that had been left running outside a gas station on Riverview Avenue. A little girl was asleep in the back seat. After a frantic search, she was found safe in the car, which was abandoned in a rural Leavenworth County. Sure. Mm-hmm. What so do you do when you find a toddler? You abandon it. <laughs> yeah, that's just good planning. So, uh, yeah, typical Kansas stuff. Kansas man sentenced for trying to buy bomb online. Yeah, they, they, they watch that stuff. Yeah, federal prosecutors say a Coffeeville man was trying to buy an explosive on the Internet and was sentenced to two years in federal prison. Here this, Colin, U.S. Attorney Tom Beal. Mm, our old friend. Said in news release that 19-year-old Carlos Francisco Martin was sentenced Friday for attempting to obtain... Build that wall. <laughs> Build that wall. We'll build a wall around Kansas. Trying to obtain an explosive... Within oh, that's the wall I was referring to, Brennan. Okay. Uh, <laughs> in his guilty plea, Martin admitted he ordered an explosive from the internet site where users remain anonymous and pay for purchases on Bitcoin. He tried to buy the explosive to intimidate a rival drug dealer. Why? Well, so if he's a drug dealer, why didn't he just you know, threaten to use the bomb he carries around in his trunk at all times, the mm-hmm. mobile meth lab? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, prosecutors say investigators tracked Martin's purchases to an internet site, which included more than $4,000 worth of illegal drugs. Hmm. So where is this Amazon.com for buying drugs and bombs? The, the dark internet. It could just be Amazon.com. Yeah, the dark Amazon, so yeah. they call it. Well, uh, and Caleb, uh, what did Kansas do football-wise this weekend? They didn't play football this last weekend. Oh, really? What, what are you talking about? They weren't in the Big 12 championship no, yet? No, they turned it down. Yeah. Oh, yeah? That's smart. Yeah. yeah. So no championship again for Kansas this year. They are keeping their AD and their head coach, though, guys. So they're gonna that stability is obviously going to reap big benefits. And At we one should point, be seeing though, them. I did hear that Butch Jones was interested in the Kansas job. I heard that, too. I heard that, too. I was like, that wouldn't that be the Kansas? That would be the, like, the amalgamation of two of the things I hate the most in the world. Oh, I mean, boy. bring it together. I'd, I'd root for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, We've already got Kim Jong-un coaching the basketball team. Imagine if, you know, the equivalent of Vladimir Putin takes over the uh, Tennessee football mm-hmm. or the, the Kansas football program. I heard several suggestions of Mangino to Tennessee, which would be excellent. Oh, man. Boy, can you imagine that? If I was Kansas, I'd be going after Mangino. Again. Can you imagine that Tennessee-Kansas wife swap? Oh, boy. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Kim Jong-Bill and Vladimir Butch. <laughs> Vladimir Butch. I like it. Yeah, but that'd be great. But as it remains, Kansas is not part of the crazy coaching carousel this year. So that'll do it for Kansas News. It's a shame because I really think they had a chance at uh, Chip Kelly. I yeah. bet I bet they hire, could hire a coach before Tennessee. I, well, there was a Tennessee fan going at me yesterday on Twitter for a tweet I'd made, and I just told him I think Charlie Weiss is available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, still remains available. Of course, he's taking in that Kansas money and Notre Dame money. Yeah, I was going to say a lot of a lot of teams currently are paying him not to coach. Yeah, a lot Tennessee's more looking. Would, I think there are a lot of teams that would pay him not to. coach. I would like to know if Tennessee how many people they're paying right now not to do anything. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, they're paying Butch. They're probably going to have to pay Shiano. Oh, they're paying Shiano at some point. They may go to court, but they're going to pay him. They're going to have to pay Curry. Mm -hmm. So, And then a new coach when they hire him. So Mm -hmm. they're going to have money all over the place. Mm -hmm. Well, I'd say based on who the candidates left open are, the coach they'll have to pay, though, is going to probably work for, I'm going to say, $37,000 to $44,000 a year. Mm-hmm. You know, with right. who who's going to be left, you know. Yeah. They may have to just hire an assistant for a year. 
that's Boy. on the team already and wait till next year to hire a coach. You know, one thing we haven't talked about, guys, that was in the college football news this week was uh, quietly, and we talked about it a long time for a while, was uh, Ole Miss got their uh, NCAA sanctions handed down to them. Did they? Finally, yes. And frankly, it was fairly light considering what it could well have been. Mm-hmm. They got a two-year bowl ban, which does include this year, which they already are abstaining from a bowl yeah. voluntarily. And they had 13 scholarships taken away. Mm-hmm. There were a number of financial penalties, which weren't that onerous as far as yeah. I was concerned. And then individual coaching. I mean, old miss, there's no guarantee you're going to a bowl anyway. So <laughs> is that really that big a slap That's on true. the wrist? Yeah. And then the other thing is that Matt Luke, their newly named head coach, permanent, mm-hmm. and was, 2.0. was not named in any of this. And so he's Scott Free. The big winner in all this, if you ask me, is Hugh Freeze, who can basically is free to coach ASAP. Yeah, right? no well, show cause or anything. How long, how long uh, does Tennessee muck around not being able to hire somebody until they end up hiring Hugh Freeze? Oh, man. Give me all the more reason to hate Tennessee. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. You talk about the amalgamation of two things that you hate. They're probably <laughs> thinking about hiring him at Evangel already. He may have a yeah. contract there. He may not go to Tennessee. Yeah, well, we're talking about two programs which are in chaos right now, but uh, w- one program that had been for a while, but now on the up and up, the University of Missouri football Tigers. There's yeah. a lot going on, and like we said before the break, it's a lot positive. Uh, obviously, Barry Odom it will be retained this year, and not just retained, but it looks like he's going to get a uh, contract restructuring and make more money next year. It's not just a restructuring. It seems like, what I'm hearing is extension. Yeah. Well, maybe that's the same thing, depending. But I'm a little, still a little trepidatious on mm-hmm. you know giving a big old extension. I mean, I am impressed. Don't get me wrong. And I wanted, I was as big a fan of the Barry hire as anyone. But, I mean, you can't divorce the first half of this season from the second half. I would kind of like this extension talk to maybe be pushed off to the end mm-hmm. of the next season. Yeah. Especially considering you're going to the next season, theoretically, with perhaps a very good quarterback, mm-hmm. an established quarterback, the SEC leading quarterback. And we already know you're going to get Terry Beckner Jr. back. Mm-hmm. And uh, everything years. everything's looking good. Let's make sure you talk about making hay when the sun is shining. The sun should be shining next season. Right. And if Barry Odom doesn't make hay and he just signed a fucking extension – you know, I'm yeah. just a little bit. Well, but in the college football world, if you're not being fired, you're getting an extension. That's, That's true. kind of the way it works these days. It is a what have you done for me lately program, mm-hmm. and better for Barry to have a great second half of the season than a great first half. And he had a great second half, and he's going to get paid for it. And as you mentioned, Terry Beckner Jr. is being. Is he? Yeah, he's coming back, yeah. which makes no sense. He, no, he announced this week that he will return for his senior season. I do not understand. After having two knee surgeries his freshman and sophomore year, the risk wouldn't seem worth it to me. But as a Missouri fan, I am ecstatic yeah. to see Woo-hoo. the return of Terry Beckner you Jr. Believe it. and our D-line zoo. Mm-hmm. And uh, the talk around Drew Locke is that he is very seriously considering returning himself, although uh, Caleb mentioned off the air that uh, his early draft report looks pretty good. Well, it depends on who you ask. Um, like I said, Caleb mentioned somebody with their little blue check mark and said he's a definite first rounder. Mm-hmm. I had heard on the radio on Friday that uh, they said, you know, because it's a kind of a, a good quarterback class that he may be late first round, second round. And they were saying, you know, if he has a huge bowl game, you know, possibly they push him up. They mentioned Mike Glennon, who probably most people don't even remember, but whose stock really rose because of a tremendous bowl game performance. So they're saying, you know, he he could jump up and, you know, there's obviously all these camps or show offs or pro days and his stock could rise, but he's really going to have to make a decision before too much of that stuff happens. I hope he stays and not just because I'm, I think he, you know, because I'm a Tiger fan and I want him to be our quarterback. I think he needs another year. I think it will be good for him as a player. 
that doesn't mean I endorse him staying if he gets a fucking top 10 grade either. Mm-hmm. I mean, he should still go, but I mean, I think ultimately it would be better for him to stay. Well, and those are players returning, but I think one thing nice about Barry Odom not being on the hot seat and Missouri not having to be in this whirlwind crazy coaching search situation is that the Tigers are benefiting from a recruiting standpoint mm-hmm. from a lot of these schools, big name schools who have lost their coaches or coaches are leaving. Now they're considering, some of these recruits are considering Missouri again. Obviously, James Foster, the quarterback recruit from Alabama who decommitted from Missouri, mentioned Missouri in their top five again, was going to go to Florida State this weekend to visit there. Jimbo Fisher took the job at A&M. He canceled his trip to Florida State. There's a Tennessee recruit, a four-star kid, who decommitted from Tennessee and is taking a trip to Missouri. There's all these and that's, that's, some that's of these Missouri two off the top of our head. Yeah, right. a defensive back from about. Missouri that was with Nebraska. Now yep. took Nebraska off and mm-hmm. decommitted. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's good times, and we'll take as long any as, defensive back. Yeah, no doubt. You better can. fucking believe it. But mm-hmm. it it does. It's it's good to have stability, and as long as your coach is good and Barry was good the second half of the season, it does make you feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. And Always. it's about momentum too. I mean, yeah. the fact that we won six games to end the season. It's not just that we you turn win. the season around, but we've got this big mo behind us. Mm-hmm. For the first time in three years, I feel like the Tigers have the wins at their back. Yeah. It's exciting. And then, you know, we, whether we go to a bowl or where we go to a bowl that, you know, if we win the bowl game, finish the season with seven consecutive wins and an eight win season, that's a pretty impressive feat. And, mm-hmm. you know, no reason to not to slough off the Tigers if you're a young recruit. No, I mean, for all the, you know, the SEC opponents of ours that want to depict Missouri as this podunk school, it's like it's, Missouri's a good school with great facilities. And stability of the coaching position, their own history that we just don't bring up because we don't feel the need to fucking live in the 1960s when Missouri was a, a powerhouse. But these internet douchebags can say whatever they want. But mm. when a kid comes to campus, if some dildo state representative of South Carolina, you know, a couple of weeks ago was making a tweet about Missouri not having the facilities, who he obviously never been there. You can say that all you want on Twitter, mm-hmm. but when the kid shows up on campus for his tour and sees it, mm, it that, right. that kind of falls apart. Right. And then you find, you know, you got a $90 million extension on the stadium. And like I said, and as much as anything, coaching stability. Well, guys, I think one thing before we go today we should talk about is the basketball team because they played a game on the road and got their first road victory since 2014. <laughs> Which says a little something about the Kim Anderson era of uh, yep. college basketball. The guys, a uh, good game against a good team. They were ranked, mm-hmm. I think, whether they were twenty three or twenty four. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, back in Orlando, the University of Central Florida. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, Missouri had a big lead, which they kind of gave up and then fought, scrapped back and won. They had a little bit of a tendency to build up a lead, then give it up. Two out of three games, they ended up winning. Of course, that West Virginia game. They uh, they blew the lead and let it go. It's coming down to guard play. I mean, yeah. it certainly didn't in West Virginia. It did, and in this game, like I am, I get it. Phillips is makes a lot of people nervous, as does Geist, and you're really kind of picking your poison there. But I was always, a, you know, if you're going to give one of those guys an opportunity to run this offense, I was always going to say say Phillips. I mean, Geist, I love Geist as a off the bench, bring a spark to the floor kind of guy. Like you need a defensive stop. You know, maybe the games your, your team, you see your team getting a little lethargic out there. You put Geist in, he's going to fucking run around like a Tasmanian devil, make a steal, do something, you know, hit a three and kind of build that momentum for you again. But I never liked the idea of him running the show. And like in that, the second half of that West Virginia game was like, we're just going to put this on Geist and see how he can handle it. And like, that's a bad plan. I've got four point guards. He seems reticent to continue to let um, Blake Harris play point guard. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to, if I'm going to have to choose between Geist and Phillips as a point guard to run this team, to have to try to break a press, I I choose Phillips. Mm -hmm. He just seems to have 
so much confidence that he'll do it. You know what I mean? Phillips can handle the ball well. His biggest problem when he played a lot of minutes the last year was, well, fouls. He would foul out of games, mm-hmm. that, which you don't see a point guard do often, but Terrence Phillips well, plays aggressively. And, that's, and, and you have your guys, and you have your... But now we have Blake Harris and Terrence Phillips, so the foul factor is and not Blake that Harris, big a deal. too. I mean, he's... I that's seem, what I said. I felt like Geis was being shoved down our throat a little bit, and they're like, mm-hmm. where's everybody else at? Why is Geis being... Yeah. This this mantle being put on Geist, it just seems strange. And Phillips kind of showed you in this last game that he is a point guard. Right. You know, he may not be the point guard you want, but at the very least, he's a point guard. Right. I think, uh, obviously, what we're continuing to see is Tillman and oh, Jonte Porter are game changers for the Tigers. They have vaulted us to a different level. To this Even point, Conzo Martin hasn't allowed it to happen, but I can't wait for a scenario where both of them get to be on the floor <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, How wonderful will that be? Big. Yes, I know. It will be fantastic. Because, I mean, they swab in and out for one another. They never get to be on the floor together. Those two are only going to get better as the year goes on. Yeah, they're both freshmen. Yeah. I, I do want to mention. 17. <laughs> yeah. I do want to mention we're only two games away from matching last year's win total, and we have not yet entered SEC play. <laughs> So if anybody had any doubts that Kim Anderson shouldn't have been coach, yeah, that's it. So I like the way Barnett's playing too. I mean, he is that for a big dude. That guy is athletic. Like, oh as yeah, hell. yeah, he's fun to watch, and he he can shoot. I think in the Anderson era, he was always being asked to do too much, but he can handle a lot. To say that he was asked to be too much doesn't mean he can't be a significant part of your team. And kids also grow as they as their careers move forward. And I think he is becoming that guy who mm-hmm. can carry a lot of the water in his bucket, and he's having to. But honestly, with the, the Michael Porter Jr. being gone, and Purrier Purrier is a guy who is frustrating from the standpoint. One night he scores twenty four points, and the next night he goes you know one for nine and scores you know four points, and you go he's just too inconsistent to be your go to guy. And mm-hmm. Barnett's kind of coming becoming their go to guy when they need buckets. Yeah, I do want to mention before we get off of basketball that uh, Terrence Phillips, all his pluses and minuses on the court, he's probably one of the greatest Tiger ambassadors as an athlete. Yeah, on Twitter and everywhere. I he- fully expect him somebody to tell me that he is. Uh, has a history of harassing women at some point just because he seems like such a great person. Don't say that. Don't say that. No, Terrence Phillips does seem like a great guy. And I expect to see him as a coach or something. Yeah, sure. Because he's always at all the other sports, the women's athletic events. And now Mm -hmm. he's got this nonprofit, Beyond the the Ball, which is a uh, a Christmas toy fun drive. So there's going to be drop boxes all all around Columbia for... Mazzotcast fans help Terrence Phillips out. Yeah, bring a toy, unwrapped toy to uh, area Columbia businesses. And it's part of Terrence Phillips, a college student, basketball (laughs) players, nonprofit charity for children. I mean, what a great guy. We should probably also mention that the girls basketball team's doing yeah. kicking fucking heads in right now as well. So yeah. that's Volleyball nice. team just made the sweet 16. Yeah, yeah, although they're having to go up against number one Penn State next, so that could be a challenge for the rest of their season. But anyway, things are looking good in Tiger Country. Mm-hmm. And Caleb, before we go, I do want to check in on your Caleb the Greek picks because uh, it was the final game of the season where you had a lot of picks to choose from before bowl season. How'd you fare against the coin? Well, this week it was interesting. I ended up with two wins, two losses, and one push. The Oklahoma game over at 63, I lost. They had 18 minutes to score another touchdown to go over. Did not happen. We go on to the Florida Atlantic game. They covered that game easy on the 10.5 for a win. Memphis ended up losing by seven on the dot in overtime for a push. Georgia was getting two points, 
So that was a win, but the over was 49. Didn't make it. That was a loss. The coin lost the uh, SEC championship game. Lost the Pac-12 USC Stanford game. Did not cover the Ohio State game, but did win the Clemson Miami game. So it was one and three. One and three, and then it was two, two, and one. So, so if I have it uh, correct, it looks like you finished the year 10 and nine, <laughs> above 50%, and the coin was seven and seven. <laughs> yep. Shocking that a coin would go 50%. Nicely done, Caleb. Way to beat that coin. I yeah. know. It took a lot of effort. Well, the great thing is the next season we get to start this from the beginning. That's so right. this ought to be yeah. the scoring. Mm, mm-hmm. My goodness. Yep. All right, guys. So I think that'll do it, except for one little thing. I think we would like to give out a single award this week. We don't have a game, but we do have the world never is short on douches. So it's time for Douche of the Week. All right, guys. Who have you got for the Douche of the Week category this week? My pick is Clay Travis and the Tennessee fans and their school in general, like the whole universe of Tennessee, especially the fans in Clay Travis, because they have zero culpability in their minds mm-hmm. of the dumpster fire this job has become. This is also the Clay Travis who went crazy about internet mobs and how they shouldn't ask for people to be fired or you know yeah. go off on this huge rant year, two years ago yep. about this, who started a fucking internet mob and got somebody fired, basically. Oh, and the great thing is if you, you throw that logic at Clay Travis, he just combats that's not that there's no correlation there Tennessee fans and Clay Travis couches they they just care about their school so much that they're not willing to settle for anything less it's like no you've turned your program toxic we talked about it earlier you have a 10 you have 10 coaches counted up so far that have either told Tennessee outright no or stayed with their original team or whatever the case may be and now they're talking about less miles and I fully expect that to fall apart you couldn't even get a guy with a fucking mullet that you offered 10 million dollars a year to come coach well, almost like, every guy with we a mentioned mullet it. will take 10 million dollars yeah NC, NC State's coach left a million dollars on the table not to go there. And for them to think that they ha- this would have happened without them, you know what I mean? Like, there's no culpability for them. T- Tennessee fans being raging idiots didn't have anything to do with this bullshit. Guys, we have breaking news. Alabama has been selected over Ohio State as the fourth team to enter the college football playoff. That is not shocking. Yeah. Nope, but it is in the books. We can say it for sure. Ohio State is left out in the cold. Well, That's it's a Big Ten. Yeah. The, the SEC, you know, it just means more to play there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And I believe this will be the, the first time a conference has two teams in the four-team playoff. Oh, imagine. And how two conferences are left It could out. be all SEC because they will be – it'll be like three and four there. So and you could, yeah, play each to other me, you could put round. Auburn in there too, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't have a fucking drive with it. But. <laughs> yep, so it is going to be Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, and Georgia in this year's college football playoff. The Pac-12 and the Big Ten are not a part of it. Yeah. So just to round out the douche of the week before mm-hmm. we go, mm-hmm. this is a tweet from about five years ago uh, when they were when Tennessee was trying to hire a coach. And I'd like Arkansas fans to play especially close attention to this. Someone had tweeted at Clay Travis, he's actually like the 10th option, bro. Risk here is if Gundy says no, will Strong walk knowing he's a second option? So he's talking about coaching's options, obviously, when they hired Butch Jones. Clay Travis's response is interesting. Gruden, Gundy, Strong, they don't hire the 10th option. And, of course, the internet remembers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this guy tweeted this at Clay Travis. Clay Travis in no way acknowledged this, by the way. Mm-hmm. But at last count, it had like 4,000 retweets. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like people people, people I believe you said Clay Travis blocked him after that yeah, tweet, too, yeah. which makes it even sweeter. Yeah. But, and Tennessee is, uh, by our count, officially on their 10th choice. All right. Well, let's give Tennessee, Clay Travis, and their entire universe 
douche of the week. Douche of the week. And he's Talk. actually he's actually right because they don't hire their tenth choice; they're on to their eleventh. <laughs> That's right. You know, <laughs> Fulmer's going to fix it all. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, let's uh, let's sign off because we got to find out now who Missouri's going to play and what bowl they're going to play in. Got to go watch and the Chiefs play the Jets. I'm sure that'll be a, oh, uh, quite a game. Can't Next wait. time you hear from us, it will be about that bowl game and uh, what. what chance the Tigers stand of winning it, but until then, I'll say M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Go Tigers! In the land of chicks with warts on their face, the girl with one tit is queen.